Welcome to The Everyday Novelist. My name is J. Daniel Sawyer, author of nearly 30 books, more than 30 short stories, and numerous articles and scripts and essays, coming to you from up in the crow's nest with my spyglass on this daily voyage through the dicey waters of business, craft, learning, and art in the writing life. Welcome to The Questions, episode 911. Welcome back to The Everyday Novelist, live from the off-grid places. <laughs> I am J. Daniel Sawyer. And I'm Kitty Nikian. Today we have another question from Christopher, who asks, I've noticed that several of my favorite books, notably Nathan Lowell's Solar Clipper series, especially the first book in the series, are books where there seem to be no notable conflict. Sure, there is some minor friction as the main character adjusts to a new life or tries to fit in with a new society, but the stakes seem low, and any conflict that does come up is minor and resolved quickly. But when I attempt a similar concept in my own writing, it comes out flat and boring. I guess the question here is, what am I missing about stories like this that makes them work? That is a very good question, and I have just spent a long time studying this very question and writing a book about it. It's called The Secrets of the Heinlein Juvenile, and it'll be kickstarting sometime this year. Uh, this whole move has uh, put a crimp in all those plans, but it will be coming. Um, the basic form that you're talking about is a German literary form called the Bildungsroman. It um, basically a coming-of-age novel. And the Bildungsroman is not without conflict, but the conflict in the Bildungsroman, if you envision the conflict in a thriller as being explosions and gunfire, and the conflict in a epic war story or a epic fantasy as being like volcanoes and earthquakes, the Bildungsroman conflict is plate tectonics. It's deep, and it's quiet, and it is very, very profound. The basic conflict at work in the Bildungsroman is the lack of fit between the protagonist and the world in which he or she finds themselves. It is a story about reconciling the individual to the world, finding a way to preserve the self while becoming a viable part of society, while finding one's place in society. Because of this, they can appear to have no conflict, because the conflict that's going on is not necessarily with other people, or with systems, or whatnot. It is with the self, and the conflicting needs of the self to actualize and to belong. It's about maturation. That's the secret decodering for writing those kinds of books. In order to do it, you have to either be an older person, I'm talking middle age, you know, late 30s at least, or you have to be a student of the human condition at a very, very deep level, and being both really helps. And by a very deep level, I mean not ideological, not politically bent. Even if you are politically bent and ideological, your study of the human condition cannot be. It requires an understanding of the game theory, or at least a desire to explore the game theoretics involved 
in the needs of the individual, which will always be in conflict with the needs of the society he finds himself in, and the other needs of the individual, which are in accord with the society he finds himself in. The nature of the society he finds himself in will change the shape of the Bildungsalmen, and that shape will also change with each relationship, because each relationship is a miniature society. And it's the, uh, so the conflict that drives it that's almost impossible to see on the surface is that deep need to belong conflicting with the deep need to become. And what makes a great Bildungsroman is when the author does not pull punches on that conflict. Whether the conflict in the Bildungsroman is loud or quiet, if it is unflinching, it's unforgettable. And if it is soft-pedaled, and I don't mean, I'm not talking about it at a conflict level, I'm talking about it at a deep sort of characterization level. If it is soft-pedaled so that, well, you like Nathan Lowell's work, so I'll give you an example here. In the Solar Clipper series, everybody seems really agreeable all the time, except for that one guy in book five who's sexually harassing the crew, uh, the, who's sexually harassing his underlings. Most people are really nice all the time. They're very polite. They're very um, enthusiastic. They love the character. The character's almost a, Mary Stu, or a, Mar- a Gary Stew, male Mary Sue, except that the character is so broken about who he is and what he wants that the fact that everybody is agreeable is actually a problem for him. It becomes the obstacle he must overcome in order to grow, which is why, spoilers, he doesn't really finish growing up until he's middle-aged and he finally loses the love of his life, which brings him right back around to losing his mother, which started the whole adventure off. He had been arrested at that boy stage this whole time, and the loss of his lover at the end finally brought him face to face with how shallow an individual he had been. And at that point, he finally grows up. That's the kind of conflict that motivates a Bildungsroman. And it's the reason that they're so relatable is that it's something that all of us who grow up go through. Now, not everybody grows up. And the people who do not grow up tend not to like Bildungsroman for that reason. But everyone who grows up, who becomes an adult not just in age but in mental nature, goes through this journey, comes face-to-face with himself or herself in a way that forces them to acknowledge and accept their faults in order to be able to grow past them. And that's the, the difference between maturity and immaturity is the, is the ability to be ruthlessly honest with oneself. So I feel like I should go further from there, but that's really the crux of the whole thing. So, um, oh, uh, yeah, that, that confrontation with the self is something that in Down From Ten I have the characters discussing, and they call it Sitting With Satan. Um, It's a reference to the role that Satan plays in the Hebrew Bible and a little bit in the New Testament. His job is to prosecute the people of earth 
and uh, to show them and to show God, but particularly to show them their true nature as opposed to the self that they hold forth as their public face. The story of Job is like this. The temptation of Christ in the desert is like this. Um, J. Michael Straczynski's uh, radio drama for Seeing Ear Theater called Rolling Thunder was a profoundly wonderful example of this, and he did the same thing in the Babylon 5 episode Walkabout. Every religious tradition in the world that I'm aware of, especially in the contemplative branches of those traditions, has room for this kind of confrontation with the self. And the Bildungsroman is literature about the confrontation with the self and the way that that affects the relationship between the self and society. So, that's the secret. Thank you for the question. And we, I hope we get to hear from you again in the future. Those, those are two great questions. So, we'll see you tomorrow. The Everyday Novelist is written by J. Daniel Sawyer and presented by J. Daniel Sawyer and Kitty McKeon and is produced by Artistic Whispers Productions Incorporated. The text is copyright 2021 J. Daniel Sawyer and the production is copyright 2021 Artistic Whispers Productions Incorporated. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Notarifitives License and all other rights are reserved to their respective owners. Join the conversation, submit a question, leave a comment, or a creative death threat, or find me at jdsawyeronminds.com or hit me at feedback at jdsawyer.net. We can't do it without you.